All right, welcome back to the show today. On the program, we have Jonathan Van Hoogen, uh, Dayspring. Dayspring Reformed Church. You can find us on the web at uh, dayspringboise.com or on Facebook at just Dayspring Reformed Church. We have Russell Herman at Cloverdale URC. Good to be with you. Uh, and uh, guest host with us, uh, Ryan Hempel. Uh, where are you at, brother? Uh, Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church in North America. And you, you planted just this last year. We did. We uh, arrived last May, started worship last June. So. And Josh is here. Yeah, our, host, here. our fearless <laughs> host from the well. I just did wanted to just say very briefly this whole idea that sometimes we use all of these acronyms and, and all of this in, in our reform circles, whether that's PCA or PCUSA or EPC or – you or know, the ghetto RPCNA or URCNA, CRC, RCA, and some, sometimes people can be confused, or OPC, whatever it might be. Um, if you just wipe away a lot of that, what you'd find is that we all agree on the essentials of the Reformed faith. That Amen. It, they're summarized yep. either in the Westminster Standards or the three forms of unity, the Heidelberg Catechism, Belgic Confession, and Canons of Dort. And you might think, well, there's there's this divide between those documents. There is not. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So you have the three forms that basically the Westminster Standards come a little bit later and address some issues that had not been addressed earlier, maybe provide some clarification, maybe a little bit more further teaching on issues that weren't issues 100 years earlier when the some of the three forms were written. But there is not contradiction. There is not argument um, between um, those that come basically out of the Continental Reform and those that come out of the, the Scottish Presbyterian reform. And yeah. so, though we might use all these different acronyms, we do agree on the core um, of reform theology. Amen. Amen. Well, we have been reviewing uh, Jonathan Cruz's book, What Happens When We Worship. Uh, as evangelicals, we recognize that, well, yeah, we ought to worship, and here are some of the things we do during worship. We sing, we pray, we we hear the word. But what what Cruz is touching on is that when we come to worship with, with ignorance of what's actually happening is that church – worship can start to become monotonous and mundane and and we we only see the externals perhaps like sitting up and or, or standing up and sitting down and 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 sitting still and and we fail to see the glorious truths that are happening so the premise of his book is he just answers the question what happens when we worship uh the first question that the first answer he gave it's the most important thing we'll do the second answer he gave is that during worship we are being shaped um, the third answer that he gave is that we meet with God. So today we're addressing his fourth answer. Uh, what happens when we worship? Well, God renews his covenant with us. So why is this idea of covenant so important for understanding what happens when we worship? Well, the covenant itself, we're talking about this covenant of grace that he has between himself and man. And um, particularly those that uh, he's called out to himself, and he's, he's he says, "I will be your God, and you will be my people." Mm-hmm. And uh, that, th- you know, to have God as our God, to you know, be adopted into His forever family, mm-hmm. and to have the assurance that we that we have that inheritance with our brother Christ in heaven, that. You know, this is the thing that he's renewing in worship when we come together. He's saying, "I, I am your God. I remain faithful." Um, you know, we we come into His presence. We've 
you know, we know how much we failed him. He's still our father. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. And we're one thing that scripture clearly teaches us that we are forgetful people. Yes. And this idea of covenant renewal that we have every week that God has graciously given to us, it's not for his benefit. He remembers clearly. Yes. It's for us. Yeah. Uh, we're reminded. Forgetting is a people thing to do. That's right. <laughs> Van Til would argue that the only way God can interact with us is through covenant. Yeah. Mm. That there is no other way that God that is holy and righteous and, and true can interact with a sinful people other than covenant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the whole idea is that from our, our, our original parents, Adam and Eve, what we are is covenant breakers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea is if that the relationship between us and God depended on us to uphold our side of this agreement or covenant, we would always fail. And so the the sense is that then God enters into a covenant and says, I will be true. I will make promises. Mm -hmm. And the obligations that you will need to keep, I will send my son and take on on human flesh to fulfill the demands of my covenant that you are not able to fulfill. Mm -hmm. So that as you are united to Christ, it's as if you've perfectly kept my covenant, even though you haven't. And so every week what we we gather and hear and worship is the reality of the God of covenant saying, you are my people, and I'm your God, and it's because of my faithfulness in sending my son to do what you Mm -hmm. could not do that you can worship. Mm -hmm. And and what happens, at least in part in worship, is we confess our our shortcomings. We confess our, 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 our failings and our sin against the God of covenant. And we rejoice in the forgiveness that we have that restores not um, the covenant, but restores our sense of communion mm-hmm. of that covenant. Mm-hmm. We're never out of union with Christ. We're not out of fellowship with yeah. God, but we've broken that communion. And so that every week is restored to us as we confess our sins and and um, receive the forgiveness again of our faithful covenant God. One of the most beautiful pictures of this in the New Testament is in John 13, when Jesus says he, he becomes a servant to his disciples and he washes their feet. And Peter says, no, Lord, you don't wash my feet. And then he says, anyone who I don't wash their feet, they have no part in me. And then Peter replies, well, then, Lord, wash my whole body. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, he who has already been washed doesn't need his own his whole body washed. He just needs his feet washed. And, and there's such an important principle there. When we come on the Lord's Day, we're not getting saved again. We, we've already been washed entirely. But Jesus is eager Uh, eager to wash our feet because he wants us to know that our relationship with God is secure because of what he has done. He wants us to enter into joy of our assurance of salvation. Mm -hmm. That's why confession is so, I I just can't believe how many years that I was in a church that didn't have a confession of sin because now I look back and I'm like, how did I even, how did I survive without this? Mm -hmm. Not, Mm -hmm. I mean, because God knows all the secrets of my heart already Mm -hmm. and and he invites me to lay them bare because he wants to clean my conscience. When uh, we have our prayer of confession, one of the verses that I like to use for kind of a assurance, you know, for the people and ties to this, this reminder is a uh, First John one nine, right? You know, um, uh, he is faithful and he is just. 
to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, yes. Um, And I think this is what happens whenever, you know, whenever we come into God's presence, when we truly recognize uh, God's presence, we do sense uh, this sinfulness, you know, and in our own self, we know our failures, yeah. and uh, and so the whole thing of confessing our sins, you know, like for instance, you go back to uh, the Old Testament, like in Isaiah chapter six, when Isaiah, uh, you know, actually has this wonderful sense of of God filling the temple. He 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 says, "Woe is me, <laughs> I'm lost." I, 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 for I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell among people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And, you know, when we're in his presence, you know, there is, it is appropriate to confess that sinfulness. And, you know, Martin Luther said, all of life is repentance. And that's because when, when, you know, all of life is driving us into the presence of God and we, we repent of who we are. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, you know what happens is we have that assurance, as you pointed out from First John uh, one nine. And you know, with that confession, we we can be assured that our sins are forgiven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Psalm ninety eight really is, I think, is helpful with understanding covenantal worship. Um, it starts with, "Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for He has done marvelous things. His right hand and His holy arm have worked salvation for Him." That's God fulfilling his covenant promise. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. And that is the the sure foundation for the church of God. Mm -hmm. God remembers. Mm -hmm. What does he remember? He remembers his steadfast love and faithfulness. He remembers a promise that he has made that he will keep by oath. And he will keep it at the expense of the blood of his son. Mm-hmm. Right. And that is what we remember every Lord's Day, that we serve a faithful covenant-keeping God that says, I will redeem a people for myself, even though it's going to cost me yeah. the sending of my son. Mm-hmm. And every Sunday, that is hopefully what you gather to remember. Yeah. God's steadfast love, his faithfulness. His salvation that He provided, yeah, in spite of us, mm-hmm. right. Every Sunday when we go, uh, as we worship, somewhere in that, in the course of that worship, uh, there is a prayer of, of confession of our sins, uh, and which is immediately followed up with the assurance of pardon and encouragement. You know, if those who genuinely confess their sins, we we get to hear the promise that of god that is given to us in christ and so um last week you know we you know part that assurance that was given was given from god's word isaiah chapter 55 verses 6 and 7 seek the lord while he may be found call upon him while he is near let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts let him return to the lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. And and so, you know, hearing that, we declare the peace of the Lord be with you. And the response back is, and also with you, we we join we have come together corporately, uh, making confession of our sins hearing corporately how he's pronounced a pardon upon us when we do confess our sins and we and we get up from that 
with that peace, that yeah. shalom, that wholeness, you know, with which we go back into worship. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and it really is then a call to then go out and worship God in our life. Right. That, that knowing that we belong to God, yeah. we've been redeemed by him, that we're found in Jesus Christ, then part of the, 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 the sending out of worship is mm-hmm. now be who you are yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. as my covenant people among the nations. Yeah. Yeah. Be holy because I am holy. And because I've done a work within you, mm-hmm. I, I want you to live that. Mm-hmm. And, and, that's, and, and that's how we end. Go in peace, love and serve the Lord. Yeah. That's what you know, the, ser- the service ends that way. You know, you've, you've got this wholeness. You've got this assurance. You know, you know God has met restored the covenant with us go <laughs> go and love and serve him yeah my son is uh autistic um and uh he really struggles with ocd and i actually believe he's a believer he confesses the lord um on the level that he's able but like 20 times a day uh, and that's not an exaggeration i'll come home and he'll say dad does god really love me Am I going to go to the bad place? Because my thoughts are, you know, uh, and and he gets so exasperated. Mm. But one of the things that I realized is like, actually, what's happening with him is that's that's what happens with all of us. Just he, he just doesn't have a filter. Like he's not hiding it. He's not suppressing it. It's just coming out raw. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why we have worship every six days like you're right brothers like god sent us out and there's this this like oh i'm renewed i'm 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 i I remember and then it's just how long before we're like does god really love me i mean and then we come back next week with 30 feet yes and 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 god is eager like just when he rose again from the dead go tell my disciples and peter Mm -hmm. yeah He wants, he's eager to remind all of us that that he's still in relationship with us. Um, And that's that's the treasure of worship. You've been listening to The Gospel for Life. If you missed any of these broadcasts, just go subscribe to The Gospel for Life, and we'll see you next time.